Ready? Okay. I'm going to try this again. Good morning. And uh, we're set now on number 45 of the slides. And while they were, while you and I and everyone were singing the songs, I was writing down more notes. So expect me to have more notes as we go along. And uh, I already mentioned number 45. So here I go. Nebuchadnezzar, yesteryears, centuries ago, two testimonies. Going to repeat that again, Nebuchadnezzar, yesteryears, centuries ago, Scott Wilson, 2024. And I said I was adding more as we were singing. I'm going to make this real clear. Nebuchadnezzar, yesteryears, Scott Wilson, 2024. That's up to date. Add in another testimony, number three. We're going to tackle it later on, but I'm going to mention it right now. Nebuchadnezzar, here he goes again. Scott Wilson, number three. Can you say number three? Number three. Number three. Your testimony. Can I get a witness? What about your testimony. Do you have a testimony that says, I know about the songs they were singing. Even more pointed is Ephesians chapter 2 that says, by grace you have been saved. It is the gift of God not of works, lest, unless anyone should boast that in the ages to come he might show forth his glory. And the Bible says, the script says, the scripture says that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding excellency of his wonderful, marvelous grace. But let's get back to the text. I'm going to tackle your testimony later. I feel confined to say this. I know I'm switching back. Can you say, I've been saved by God's wonderful, marvelous grace? Can I get a witness? 
but I better stick to the text, and I've been told many times that I need to stay right in front of the pulpit. <laughs> I'm going to try to do that today. I'm not going to move around, I hope. But I can still say, hallelujah, what a Savior. Nebuchadnezzar, in Daniel chapter 4, King Nebuchadnezzar, an ancient ruler of Babylon, begins his own testimony by stating, Nebuchadnezzar, king to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language that live in all the earth. May peace abound. That's how he begins this fourth chapter. And I want to spark your interest by saying the second testimony is by Scott Wilson, which I hope to tackle today also. In contrast, Scott Wilson begins his own by saying, I walked into a church with blue jeans. You heard this last week. Flannel shirt, long hair, bad attitude, and a pack of Marlboro. Can I get a witness? Let's move to 46. Let's go to Daniel first. Fourth chapter. And while I'm at it, you're not going to mind this, I hope. If you have a cell phone, would you politely turn it down? Can I get a witness? Yes. Keep it silent. This is God's house. Yes. We need order in God's house. Have some respect. Turn it down. I might as well move on. Nebuchadnezzar, this section, chapter 4 of Daniel, is the form of a proclamation by King Nebuchadnezzar to all the peoples of his kingdom, informing them of wonderful event. The wonderful event, a wonderful event, which the Lord God of heaven made himself known as the ruler over all the kingdoms. As we were talking before the talk this morning, I was talking to a few ladies, and they were schooling me in on Nebuchadnezzar, which I have in these notes. He was a bad man. But I don't want you to get the wrong opinion. He was in the same position that you and I were probably in some time ago. Can I get a witness? We talk about Nebuchadnezzar. Some of you and me might be just as bad if you were in a position that he was in. Don't forget that his heart, he was unsaved. He did a lot of cruel things, which I won't mention 
this morning. For one, he treated his people very bad. He was the king. He was selfish. Forty-seven. Nebuchadnezzar is a king to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language that live in all the earth. May your peace abound. It has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the most high God has done for me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is from everlasting kingdom. See, Nebuchadnezzar was, was a big shot. I know I'm going to get ahead of myself just what I just said, so I might as well say it. King shot, ego. And his kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I might as well just say it. He was so high and mighty, God had to put him in his place. Sometimes, just like you and me, God has to put us in our place. 48. By what means did the real ruler make his rulership? Make it known to Nebuchadnezzar. The king makes known to his subjects that amid the peaceful prosperity of his life, he had a dream. No, I'm not telling you to go buy dreams. Don't, don't say that. Don't, don't even say that. Brother Carter said you can rely on dreams, but he did. He had a dream, which filled him with disquietude, and which the wise men of Babylon they couldn't interpret. Come over here, you wise men. You're the sorcerers. You're the interpreters. What is this dream talking about? I'm going to say this before I forget it. If you are a child of the king, and even if you aren't, you want the best advice, and you don't understand something, good, a, get a good Bible-believing person and say, what does this mean? Can I get a witness? Yeah. And I'm going to say this while I'm at it. If you can't find a good Bible-believing person, you've got the greatest comforter in the whole world, the Holy Spirit. Amen. He can tell you. But I don't want to get off on a tangent. I just want to make that clear. Who was able to do so? Daniel, even though you're in captivity, I understand you can interpret dreams. 49. 
why Nebuchadnezzar was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream and it made me fearful. And these fantasies as I lay on my bed and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. They kept me awake. So I gave orders to, to bring in my presence, all the wise men of Babylon, that they might make known to me the interpretation of dreams. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans, and the diviners came, and I related the dream to them, but they couldn't make it known to me. But finally, Daniel came in before me, whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my guys, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I relayed that dream to him. What can you do with it, Daniel? You've got another god. You got the God of, they call Israel. And even though you're in captivity, you seem to know something above what my dreamers can interpret. 50. In his dream, he saw a great tree with vast branches and bearing much fruit, which reached up to heaven, under which beasts and birds found and lodging, shelter and food, then the holy watchers. I still wonder who the holy watchers were. I think they were angels. Came down from heaven and commanded the tree to be cut down so that its roots alone or only remain in the earth. Don't forget now but bound with iron and breasts till seven times shall pass so that men may know the power of the most high God over the kingdoms of men. Oh, Brother Shelzar, that's Daniel, Chief of the magicians, since I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and no mystery baffles you, tell me the visions of my dream which I have seen along with the interpretation. Then these, let me slow down. Now these were the dreams, the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed. I was looking and behold, there was a dream in the midst of the earth and the height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to the sky, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage, foliage was beautiful, and its fruit abounded, or was abundant. And in it was the food for all, the beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its pre presence, or branches, excuse me, 
and all the living creatures fed themselves from it. I was looking in the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed, and behold, an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. He shouted and spoke as follows. Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its foliage, and scatter its fruit. Let the beast flee from under it, and the birds from its branches. 53. Yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beast of the grass of the earth. Let this mind be changed from that of a man, and beast, and let the beast's mind be given to him, and let seven periods of time pass over him. Fifty-four. In case you're getting bored, Nebuchadnezzar was stricken, if I can use that term, by God Almighty. He was, he went mad for seven years. And God brought him down to where instead of, instead of him being so high and mighty, he praised the God of heaven and earth who was the real ruler of heaven and earth. I'm going to say this again as I go along. Some of you, God's been talking to you a long time. And he's been trying to get your attention. Can I get a witness? And he keeps on talking to you in one way or another, saying, you need to get saved. Maybe it wasn't in that same words, but he was, has been saying, you have received witness after witness after witness, and God is talking to you, and he's trying to get your attention. And if you are a Christian, it doesn't mean he's just trying to get your attention. He's trying to get you and I to grow up. This sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers, and the decision is, is a command of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high is ruler. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who is ruling your life? What is ruling your life? Is it cars? Is it money? Is it your time? It's all about you. That's the condition Nebuchadnezzar was in. 
What's your condition? Is it all about you? Is it all about your time? Is it all about, it's my time or no time? This is a dream which I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have dreamed. Now you, Belteshazzar, Daniel, tell me of its interpretation. Inasmuch as none of my wise men of my kingdom is able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able to do it, Daniel. I know you can do it. I've seen you do it before. I know you can do it. But you are able. For spirit of the holy gods is in you. Say holy gods. Nebuchadnezzar, I'll tell you who's in Daniel. The Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say this. This is probably out of place for this sermon. If you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit is in you. Fifty-five. Who really rules over the kingdom of men? Daniel interpreted to his dream that the tree represented the, the king himself. It's you, King Nebuchadnezzar. It's you. You're the tree. Regarding whom it was resolved by God that he should be driven from men and should leave among the beasts till seven times. That seven years should pass. And he should know that the highest rules over the kingdoms of men. I'm going to say this again. I have no idea who I'm talking to, so don't think I'm picking on you. Who rules in your heart, Christian? If you're ruling, God is trying to get a hold of your attention. He's trying to get the real fruit through the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and all the other fruit. He's trying to get your attention, and he can't. That's probably the wrong word. I probably should use the word he's trying to. Daniel interpreted to him his dream. I know I read it already, that the tree represented King himself. Represents you. 55. Then King, then Daniel, whose name is Bethesda, was appalled for the while he thought along the, these words. You know, oh, I'm so sorry. For, I got to tell you the truth. The, this, this tree is about you. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling sorry for you. The king responded and said, about the sales side, do not let the dream of this interpretation alarm you. My lord, if only the dream applied to those who hate you, why they hate him? The Bible shows 
Peter Salazar was all for himself. He had no time. He didn't care for the poor. All he cared about was himself. There were other atrocities. The tree that you saw, which became large and grew strong, whose height reached to the sky and was available to all the earth, and whose foliage, foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant, and which the fruit lodged, under which the beast of the field dwelt, and whose branches the birds of the sky lodged. It is you. You have been become great and strong, and your majesty has become great and reached to the skies, and your dominion to the end of the earth. And that the king saw an angelic watcher and a holy one descending from heaven. Chop down the tree. And destroy it. Let the leave the stumble, I didn't say that right, let leave the stumble, the stump with its roots in the ground. Number 24, this is the interpretation, O King, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon you, upon my Lord, my King, that you, 58, will be driven from among men, and your dwelling place be with the beasts of the field, and you will be driven to eat grass like cattle. Before I go on, once again, I have no idea who I'm talking to. If you and I don't listen to the voice of God, Christians, sometimes the Lord has to put you and I down till you listen. Can I get a witness? I don't know who you are. I have no idea who I'm talking to. That you will be driven away from mankind and your dwelling place be with the beasts of the field and you be given grass to eat like cattle. Can you imagine that? From a king? And be drenched with the dew of heaven and seven periods of time pass over you, seven years. It took Nebuchadnezzar seven years to get his life and know who the Almighty is. How long, Christian, is God going to deal with you and me to get you and me straightened out? Verse 26, and in that it was commanded the leaves, the stump was the roots of the tree. Your kingdom will be assured you. After I take you through this, I'm going to raise you up. But first, Christian, you and I have to learn our lesson. Therefore, O king, 
may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away from your sins. What about a Christian? Are you still getting drunk? I didn't say you couldn't. I didn't say you couldn't. I said, are you getting drunk? Are you <coughs> blaspheming the Lord? Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away from your sins by doing righteousness. In other words, treat the people in the context. Treat the people right. Build up your kingdom. Your head over them. They could take advice from you if you would just treat them right. Showing mercy to the poor in case they may be prolonged of their life. They're so poor, poor under you. All this happened 60 to Nebuchadnezzar the king. 12 months later, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace. So he had recovered. The king reflected, is not this Babylon? God wants to record story, you Christian. He wants to put you back in service. How you making out? How am I making out? I'm going to say this. I, I'm not apologizing. God has a purpose for you. He has some type of service for you and me. He wants to restore us to where we belong as one of his children. Can I get one amen? While, not, uh, verse 31, while the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, sovereignty has been removed from you. I'm going to skip over some verses because I knew time was going to get short. I'm on number 62, Miss Cheryl, Miss Cindy, 62. And, but after the lapse of a appointed time, his understanding returned. Well upon, well upon was a, well upon he was again restored to his kingdom and became great and now Praise and honor the King of Heaven. Now that you're restored, brother and sister in Christ, are you willing to praise the Lord? Are you willing, are you and I willing to say thank you for saving and restoring my soul, my life. I'm going to skip over to number 65. If the preceding history, chapters one through four, <coughs> teaches us 
how the Almighty God wonderfully protects his true worshipers. Can you say true worshipers? This is for me too. Things are good. I don't mean in general. I mean they're good. Am I a true worshiper? Are you a true worshiper? Or does when everything is hard, you don't think God loves you anymore. If the preceding history teaches how the Almighty God wonderfully protects his true worshiper, I'm going to say it again. Are you a true worshiper when things are easy? Are you a true worshiper when things get hard? Wide power. This narrative may be regarded as an actual confirmation of the truth that this same God can so humble rules of this world. Can I get an amen? Don't you know that God can humble the rulers of this world? I don't care who they are. And he can humble you and me. Second testimony. Yes, I have time for it. I walked, now I've read this before, into a church with blue jeans, flannel shirt, long hair, a bad attitude. Some of you might have walked in here today, or maybe in general, you have a bad, bad attitude. Can I get an amen? amen. I walked into church with a blue jeans, flannel shirt, long hair, bad attitude, and a pack of marbles, and the idea of getting a Budweiser right out of the service. Susan, get out of here. I'm out of here. Then the Lord got a hold of my heart. He got a hold of Bill Shazel's heart. He can get a hold of your heart. I'm going to say this, and this is not in the notes. I'm going to come to God when I want to. You have not chosen me. I chose you. You think you're so smart. You can come to God when you want to. You'll come to God when God calls you. And they'll keep on calling. And the Lord got a hold of my life. My name is Scott Wilson, and this is my story. I was raised in a religious home, not a Catholic home. I didn't mean to say that. Not a Christian home, but a religious home. Nevertheless, I was required to go to church. I had a grandfather who was a preacher at a brethren church 
who had a born-again testimony. Salvation, saved, born again, are biblical terms referring to the forgiveness of sins by God and the rescue from the power and the penalty of sin. I want to stop right there. I, I probably won't get a... That's what I've been talking about. And whether you're a Catholic, Protestant, Jehovah's Witness, whatever you are, you must be born again. Yes. And while I'm at it, while you're in some of these groups, if you don't know Jesus, you need to get into a Bible-believing church. Salvation, saved, born again, are biblical terms referring to the forgiveness of sins or forgiveness of God. Let me stop. Do you know for certain that you have been forgiven of all your sins and trespasses? Do you have the veracity to say, I know where I'm going to spend eternity. If you were to die, I'm going to tell you, eternity is a long, long, long way. And some of you are flirting with eternity. Oh, when I die, it's over. I'm ahead of this. Think again. What prophet doesn't serve you? To have the whole world and spend eternity apart from God. This is God's requirement for everlasting life. What's God's retirement? Trust in the finished work. of Yeshua. My son the other day asked me, Dad, you're always saying Yeshua. The word Yeshua itself means salvation. He is indeed the Holy One. Nebuchadnezzar called him a Holy One. Let me be, bring him up to date. The Holy One is Jesus Christ. That's the Holy One of God. And for you to ignore what he has done on that cross is an insult. And I'm going to say this. You're not going to carry your cell phone into hell. Can I get a witness? He can't save you. They can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. There is no other name given among men whereby you must be saved. Amen. 
Acts chapter 4, verse 12. I heard the gospel of Jesus for the last time at seven years old when I had an opportunity to hear and attend a, a night service every other week called Kitty's. I am so glad we see some kids in here. On February, and this is not in the notes, on February 25th, and Mission First, a young man, I shouldn't say a young man, a pastor that I know is going to be having, don't forget it, February 25th at Mission First, he's going to have a kids revival. Can I get a witness? Amen. I am so glad to see kids yes. start them up. It was held at the home of Mrs. Gertrude. Mrs. Gertrude, who was she? She had a home where she welcomed kids. And since I know I'm not going to get ahead, of, I know I'm not going to finish this, I'm going to tell you, it was years later that Mrs. Gertrude once again saw this gentleman who we're talking about 25 years later he got saved but the seeds were sown by those who knew him when he was young can I get an amen, amen. when are you going to get saved are you going to wait till you get old it might be too late I left that program when I was nine years old, even though she and my grandfather were good friends. I didn't see her again for nearly three decades. You will hear more about this later. When I was 11, my folks went through a divorce. And I became a latchkey kid. What does that mean? Home alone. I didn't have any rules, regulations, or restrictions, restrictions on my life. I started working almost full-time when I was 15 for some time of the lectures of life and to help my mom put food on the table. I didn't see much of my father because I was angry. At him, for what he had done to the family, you left me, Dad. You left me. I had to grow up on my own. At 17, I packed up and left for the Air Force. I had, a, I had already spent a night in jail for drinking. And I was involved in many things that pulled me down as a teenager. I'm going to apply to you and me. I'm going to talk about myself and you. Christian, how many things are pulling you down from living the Christian life? 
Don't you know Lord wants to help you? You have the Holy Spirit. Music, alcohol, fighting. When I went into the Air Force, so I wouldn't so I wouldn't have to go to school anymore and get away from those restrictions and regulations being put on my life or set on my home. Now that my mom had changed shifts so she could put food on the table. That's my translation. So I became a ward of Uncle Sam. In the service, I learned how to drink and fight and curse even more. He went from worse to worse. And so I don't seem so somber. I'm about almost done with my time. I want to say something that's not in the script. Jesus Christ has, wants to give you a reward. There are five rewards in the Bible. And he wants to say to you, well done. Can I get a witness? How you make it out, Christian? How's he making it out? Not so good. Divorce. Going into the army or Air Force. I spent three years in Germany. And while there, I married a girl and brought her back to the US. I'll tell you, her name was Tanya. I think I'm saying that right. Maybe Tanya was born after my, was born after we returned from the Germany. That marriage didn't last too long. My life was under the power of alcohol. Here he goes again. What, what are you, a doomsday man? I have no idea. Some of you, I don't know who you are, and I'm glad I don't. Are you under the power of alcohol? Money? And a whole lot of other forbidden things that are just pulling you down. I stayed single for five years, married again. That didn't last too long either for the same reason the other two. The first time, by that time, not that, by that time I had another daughter, Kelsey, and it's better pronounced Kristen, my second wife, despite all the vows I said. I'm going to be faithful, I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm going to do that. Despite all the vows I had made to myself about putting kids, not through the heart, it, <coughs> I'm going to say this. Are you teaching your child? the principles of God's word. Can I get a witness? Amen. Are you teaching? Or is this just, just a book? 
You can open and close it. It doesn't mean anything to you. I need to be harsh sometimes. Thank you. Be sure. Be sure. Your sins and my sins will find you out. You can escape the book. You can escape Jesus. You can tell us he's just another person. He didn't die for my sins. I got away my good deeds against my bad deeds. And all this, you can say all that nonsense. But I'm going to tell you something. Be sure your sins will find you out. By this time, I was about 36 years old. Four years earlier, my brother Bill had been saved. He had a brother. I had seen Bill. For, I had seen Bill for five years. I hadn't seen my dad for 16 years. There was a wide gulf between us. When Bill became a Christian, he started to send me literature, hoping to draw me to. The Lord, isn't that something? But he got saved. He couldn't resist telling his brother. He couldn't resist. What are you doing since you've been saved? You keeping it all to yourself? Or don't you have anything to say about Jesus? When Bill became Christian, he started sending me literature hoping to draw me to the Lord. Who's the Lord? Say Lord. Lord. That's the pastor. I'm going to keep in my time. I'm going to say it again. And this is not, this is in the book, but I, I don't need to. Some things you know so well that you can almost say them verbatim. Can I get a witness? Amen. Every knee shall bow. Amen. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You can bow now or you can bow later. But every knee. I took the literature and laughed. He laughed at his brother. He didn't know. But if his brother's some, like some of the Christians I know, they don't care if you laugh or not. Can I get a witness? So as they laugh at you and they laugh at me, so what? Their soul is in a balance. I had no idea what it meant. I figured, that's the lesson, I figured he hadn't gotten religion. That's all you got? Let me tell you right now, if you just got religion, you just got religion. But if you got Jesus, you got a person. Like someone told me, and it's been told to me many times. Oh, you just got religion. 
but Jesus is not a religion. He is, if I could put it this way, a relation. Do you know him? And I'm still sticking to my boundaries. I had pretty much gotten, I had pretty much given up on trying to figure out life. I know it's a, something different. Are you trying to figure out life? Are you empty on the inside? There's something to say, there's something missing. I don't know what it is, but there's something missing. Why don't you try Jesus? One night in 1993, there was a knock at my door, and it was my brother who had made a special trip to invite me to go to the Lehigh Valley Baptist Church. I argued with him about going to church on a Sunday since I didn't have any friends. And it was so nice to see my brother. I told him about stop If he just stopped talking about Jesus, Will you tell me one fruitful Christian who can't stop talking about Jesus? Just can't stop. I go to church and you just stop talking about Jesus. I gotta stop. He didn't know it. But while his brother was visiting him, there were 400 people praying for his brother. Can I get a witness? You know there's people praying for you. You don't even know it. I am the way. And no one can come to the Father except through me. You are God's sheep. And Jesus said it this way. I give unto you. Imagine that. The son of the living God says I give unto you eternal life. And the last part of it is, and you shall never perish. Can I get a witness? For you who keep resisting the Son of God, I'm going to give you a warning. I don't hardly ever do that. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Can I get a witness? If you think you can get away from insulting God and you're going to spend and I don't like to say this eternity do not let anybody tell you when you die it's over. When you die, it's just beginning. Put it this way. Paul said for himself, 
and for you to be absent from this body is to be present with Jesus Christ. But to live without him It's a fearful thing. I can't say it. To be in the presence, or should I say absence, from God forever. Let's give the Lord a hand. I'm done.